0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Terrible and the Agar people, and their elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, and Flood Media is recorded on stolen land.
1: It is twice, twice. It is disingenuous.
0: respected The situation now is
2: even worse. Flood is not, not above the poverty line. line. I haven't had a chance to
0: really, like, meditate on it, but I definitely think he was trying to say something, I just... Not entirely sure what that is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, In the room, you've got Declan, Callum, Matt. That's us. We're the people doing the <laughs> podcast. Uh, this special International Women's Week podcast. Um, uh, we're getting into some good stuff, but starting off with the Western Australian election, which I, apparently I, happened. I didn't. Which happened? Yeah, till Sunday till till this morning. That well, see, I thought it was over when. The Liberals conceded defeat, but apparently the campaign had only just started at that moment.
0: Well look, you know, I think that's some real that's some
2: real boss power energy there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was very impressed with that strategy of conceding defeat two weeks out from the election. yeah, and well... then losing your seat. typically, like the leader of the party lost uh, his seat, also all of the other ones also lost their su- their seats. The swings were like, 20 percent i was just going through the the list this morning on the abc website of like the wa election results um and just seeing like 10 to 20 percent for labor very consistently there are now uh there were like there were only 13 liberals before i believe but there are now in the wa parliament three nationals two liberals and 53 uh labor mps i thought there were still five nationals I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Maybe not, I, just, yeah. I think
1: it's interesting that the Nationals vote like held much more securely than the Liberals. It'll be interesting to see if they do what happened in Queensland and then be like, oh, we actually need to make a formal coalition.
2: Hmm. Um, the One Nation vote also went down. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I just think that's that it shows that borders are good. And, you know, Friendly Geordies is, is having an impact. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see the progressive utopia yeah. that Western Australian Labor is going to deliver. Yeah,
1: I know. It's I, It's so... I wonder what they're going to do with all this political capital.
2: Mm. That just was, like,
0: yeah. one of the biggest, you know, majorities in... I mean, surely it's got to be one of the biggest majorities in, like, Yeah, it would, it would be as, as, well, labor, like, as much as
2: when Campbell
1: Newman just, like, obliterated Queensland more. Labor and there were seven, like, only seven yeah, Labor Party like people. Like,
2: in that it would be effectively impossible to get a bigger majority without, like, the only bigger majority would be 100%. Mm. Um, and, like, the first thing I was thinking is, well, there's no reason now for the Labour Party not to do anything it wants. Yeah, but also that's true like, in Queensland, right? Yeah, Where, like, yeah of course. Because
1: like, yeah. all the time in Queensland, like, at least in Western Australia, they still have, they've got, like, a, like, a proportional upper house. Where I think like there's like multi multi cons- like multi members elected from each constituency. So mm-hmm. like you know in the seat of South South Brisbane you'd elect two senators or whatever it is. Um. So I think like actually having a majority in the in the upper house is still genuinely quite hard.
2: That makes it if that's true that makes it even more impressive. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean,
1: but that's just the lower house stuff. But yeah, okay. At. But like I think like that's what I mean with in Queensland Labor can always do whatever it wants because there's no second body. Right, right, with. yeah, you're right, yeah. Um and you they've never got an excuse for doing anything because they have complete and utter power. They just write legislation and then pass it with their majority in the only house that matters. Mm. Um, so I'm really I don't, I don't think any other, excuses anymore. Yeah.
0: And obviously the big other, you know, reason for Labour winning in Western Australia was what we're talking about today. Get up. Get up. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Super you know, it was one of the most effective Get Yeah, get up and organise. Yeah,
1: well, I think much like when Get Up won the election for the Labour Party in 2007 and they defeated Howard and Howard lost his seat, that wouldn't have happened without Get Up. Also, the Liberal Party lost its seat over in Western Australia. Maybe Get Up's also responsible?
0: Yeah, look, and I think, you know, the climate election was such a
1: success. um, And, you know, Peter Dutton, no longer a thing. Peter Dutton, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Found in my in my research for this episode, I found a fun little connection between Get Up and Peter Dutton, which isn't what you'd expect. Which is them spending millions of dollars campaigning in his seat and actually losing ground. Um, it's can you remember a few years ago there was all that like kind of connection between Peter Dutton and ABC Learning?
2: No, well, oh, it rings a bell. Was,
1: There's was, like vague whiffs of corruption in the way that there always is with Liberal Party people. But he um like. Liberal Party was doing something with childcare and Peter Dutton owns a couple of ABC Learning centres that pay like rent to him. So it was like the the laws that the Liberal Party had put through obviously like benefited him pretty spe- specifically as someone who like draws money from ABC Learning. But interestingly, one of the founders of GetUp started ABC Learning, mm. Evan Thornley, <laughs> uh,
2: who <laughs> was <laughs> a like
1: a Victorian Labour... <laughs> Labour-like guy For like two years Before he quit Because he realised The corporate sector Was way better um, oh, A man. McKinsey consultant Kind of guy um, Worked for Steve Brax In New South Wales Labour At a time when Notoriously No corruption was happening Oh yeah That was a very Very You know Non-corruption time I think the reason that New South Wales Labour keeps winning is because of how little corruption happened in the early two oh, thousands. <laughs> damn, that's something like I have really forgotten to do in my research
0: for this to like look at New South Wales Labour and get up. I was really not focusing on that. Missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, mm. missed opportunity. But also, I don't know, avoiding New South Wales Labour is always a good thing.
2: Just like collectively not acknowledging the existence of the state of New South Wales. I think that all of the other states should not let New South Wales sit with us. Yeah. I think we should just all decide to blank that entire space on yeah, the map. Yeah, well, look,
1: as we s- we're talking about with Western Australia off-air, borders work. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, strong secessionist kind of politics that they're pushing over there has obviously really, really worked. I think if we were like, if we're closing and militarising the border with New South Wales. Build a wall and make New
2: South Wales pay for
1: it. Yeah, but also, and this is very important, we are going to need to annex the Northern Rivers.
2: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, well, that's yes, just... The that, Northern Rivers ours. are Queensland. They are Queensland. Like, they're... Like, their rightful Queensland territory. Mm-hmm. Well, there's often been uh, some debate, and actually there has been a movement to move the border south to, like, the Tweed River, I think.
1: Yeah, and they would love that, because they all have to deal with daylight savings, it doesn't make any sense up there.
2: Yeah. Um, the border's been a pain in the arse um, now that it's closed. Like, there's a lot of people who live in Koolingatta and Tweed Heads who have to, like, go over the water every single that day. Cause so, it runs, like, that's so weird in Through a street.
0: Because you're, like, literally driving down the main street of Cool and then one street, there's a border checkpoint in the middle of it, and the one street to the left, you can
1: drive all the way to the, like, border stra- statue and, like, across it. It's It makes no sense. I want to say, Flood are uh, not MLAs, but we are tankies for Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, anyway, going back to GetUp. Yeah, so today on this podcast, uh, as you've gathered, we're going to be talking about the organisation GetUp, uh, which is a... Uh, uh, A campaigning organisation? Anyway, they've got a huge budget (laughs) Independent political advocacy Non-partisan Non-ideological Non-ideological Politically definitely non-aligned Group of pragmatic idealists Who want to make the world a better place Using uh, 21st century information uh, knowledge Information, knowledge yeah. of the twenty first century. That's, that's yeah. actually
1: like quote on their website. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, they they get a huge amount of donations. A huge,
0: huge amount of donations from
1: who? Like, do people so, actually buy into it so much that they're like small donations, or does it come yeah, from somewhere? well, no, it, like, well, so they claim, and they they do provide their like donation disclosure and stuff like that. Ninety seven percent of their donations are under a hundred bucks. Um, their average donation is like seventeen bucks. But a huge amount of people are giving money to get up. Um, they've, they were given $10 million in the last year, like like almost of a the day. They've got like a pretty fun like live donations thing on their website. Um, so they, yeah, they, they're making bank and they're using it really badly. Well,
0: it'd be interesting, like, maybe this is not a topic for this podcast, but like to sort of see how they differ from Momentum. Because Momentum obviously has, Momentum, sorry, in the UK... Um, obviously, has a very like strong ideological
1: stance to it, particularly around like the Corbyn yeah, well, movement. Yeah, you know, and they're very specifically like they are like quite like proudly a- internal to a p- like to a political like party political like thing where they're saying we want the socialist left to take control of the Labour Party, and that's what we're working toward like achieving. Whereas Get Up are anti the idea of being involved with a party. Anti the idea of like believing in something or I mean having an ideology Um, And so they Like they could never, they would never
2: But they're also still Like they are a progressive organisation I don't know if they say the word progressive
1: They they love saying the word progressive They say it all the time I mean I think like And a lot of their campaigns are pretty laudable Um, They got Mm. behind behind the Australian Unemployed Workers Union Like please raise the rate campaign Um, A lot of what they do is like But at the same time they also did like some last year they did some pro Morrison
0: ads um, oh really what yeah. for <laughs> uh for the same thing for um welfare like then you know to be honest because like labor was being a bit chill on it but it was still they were giving Morrison credit for like you know oh, you know tell Morrison how much you support his um welfare and childcare raises so that he'll keep them going but that's the sort of like campaigning that they want to do It's like, oh, this is how we'll keep these changes Which obviously
2: didn't happen Because he's literally just cut them yeah. all back yeah. it's Well, what they did effective. Yeah, was some really galaxy brain Like Morrison has um, raised the welfare rates So let's take out ads in the newspaper Congratulating him on doing that Because we think that'll I, Like be good for uh, welfare Instead of just being good for Morrison
1: and it was good for Morrison, yeah. and then he obviously turned around and cut welfare. Yeah. But, they, but like, a lot of the campaigns are, like, essentially ones that I would support. They've, like, relatively strongly maintained a good position on refugees um, and have campaigned vaguely against Labour on that. I mean, I think this is what they do, though. They vaguely campaign against Labour, but because Labour is the only game in town and that, like, of their, like, founding board, like... A huge amount of money, like, came from Labor to begin with. Bill Shorten, as the secretary of the um, Australian Workers' Union, put up put up like a huge amount of money, and so did like the Vic- the New South Wales Labor Council put up the money to start them off. So they've they're never going to be like they're never going to really take on Labor in a proper way. Like when they were doing like quite a few ads about Adani, um, but it was but they were targeting it solely at the federal government, but at state governments that deal with mining and it was a state labor government that was pushing ahead. I think they did a little bit of stuff. They were taking Adani quite seriously as a state issue when when Newman was in government, but then after, like, they've just dropped it like it's hot since then, and as the Adani's, like, wound forward, they've, like, walked away dusting their hands. Like, that's great. We Like, we saved Australia from the Adani, like, coal mine, even though it's, like, going ahead.
2: No, Declan, that was actually Bob Brown who did that.
1: Ah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob Brown. So... <laughs>
2: The reason i find get up so interesting and found them more and more interesting as i've researched them is because of what they represent about a, a specifically what we would call progressive politics um and what the word progressive has come to stand for which is on the one hand distinctly left of center um in terms of the actual state of positions of the get up organization um It's very much stuff that you would recognize as a left-wing political position. It's, like, pro-refugees, and it's, like, pro-environment, and it's pro-raising welfare. Um, And it's all this stuff that's, like, ultimately not... Like, there's nothing in there, as uh, Declan said, that you would be really angry at. But it's married to this uh, model of organizing and this mode of thinking um, that... What is most conspicuous about it that most immediately strikes you is it's totally fucking useless. And they achieve none of their goals ever, mm. despite having a huge amount of fucking money. Mm, and so they come out of the woodwork every election and they say, we're going to take down these liberals and we're going to advocate for these really important causes. They're making all these small donations and they got all these volunteers and they put on their own shirts. And they put on TV ads. Put on TV ads.
0: If, if listeners will remember, we chatted a couple episodes ago about them. Uh, Saul Alinsky and his model of organizing which is very advocacy well sort of like mobilizing and advocacy based and it's sort of exactly the same model that getup uses which you know makes sense considering the number of ngos i've been involved with and that model keeps popping up and and that's why and it's just as we talked about in that episode it's just such a completely ineffective model because you're trying to turn people out for social media stunts and 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 The idea of change is through almost lobbying at either a legal or like media level, or through like these social media stunts, which you know we've I think we've seen pretty well proved you know talked about in that episode just doesn't work as opposed to like a deep organizing and a you know radical
2: one-on-one inquiry like mass inquiry because. What we've seen happen, in fact, is that they don't achieve these goals. Um, oh, I think you'll find that GetUp is re- directly
1: responsible for legalising same-sex marriage. That's true, uh, and mm. also anything else good that's ever happened. Mm.
2: Um,
1: I I think GetUp really like uh, one of the things that one of the founders was saying was like like he, very anti-political. It's like you know I think everyone hates the parties, which is absolutely spot on. You know, it's like another quote say from that the actually.
0: Um, so mm. bear with me here. He basically was saying. Um, the crux of it was like uh, we'll keep all the bastards honest coalition labor and the greens um, and nor that nor was there a cozy get up greens alliance get up uh, was separating itself from what its founders saw as the greens ideology driven policies <laughs>
1: yeah damn those ideology driven <laughs> policies ideology is good i think <laughs> is something very imp- very important takeaway um, but I think like get up is is emerging in this kind of context where there there is a, like a huge layer of the australian society is pretty progressive um on heaps of issues and like various polling shows that we're on like we're getting increasingly more progressive on like on most issues as well um but no political party is is taking that argument at, at any scale like labor's you know like oh yeah well look we'll do a little bit of refugee bashing like we'll just lock up a few of them um, and even the majority of the Greens outside of Queensland
0: really struggle to capitalize on that. Like, got, uh, you know, looping back really briefly to the Western Australian election, the Greens over they there went, went backwards. backwards. Yeah,
1: um, and I think that's because they they're afraid to to have like have have like a strong ideological argument for good things, um, and to like offer a. I think GetUp could only exist as, as a big organisation in the absence of a political party that's willing to do it and where people are fed up with political parties because they are so, like, divorced from any sort of, like, civil society power. GetUp's come in and instead of trying to produce, like, a civil society organisation, it's not like... Yeah, they were given $10 million last year. Um, last year, they've been given huge amounts more than that over the time. But instead of spending some of that money on, say, like... Like, a hall where they could have meetings and, like, an organiser to build, like, a civil society institution that, even if they did truly, truly believe that, like, the parliamentary politics was, like, something that they didn't want to engage with it at, like, as, as getting someone elected and that they should just try and influence all the parties who are running to be better... Um, They'll still be able to do that if they, like, spent their money on, on building a civil society group. Instead, what they do is spend more and more money on building a bigger and bigger email list to solicit more and more donations and, like, have more and more likes on their videos, which are shared on their social media. It's this very, like, self-perpetuating thing that doesn't, that doesn't look at engaging with people who don't already agree. Maybe it's just because, like, I'm
0: trying to be on, like, as online as least often as possible. That sentence makes no sense, but that's fine. I haven't seen any of their stuff at like, I feel like they've sort of dropped off the radar post um, 2019 federal election. Like I, I don't really see, I feel like they're not a part of like
1: that sort of landscape much anymore.
0: Like, does anyone else have the same experience? In,
1: yeah. But also like, I probably just wouldn't see it anyway. Right. Like I like, I went on their YouTube to like, check this out. They're producing videos all the fucking time. Um, I just don't see them but like and I think they do some TV ads but I don't watch TV either but
0: even like around I remember back in 2017 when we were doing Amy's first um, election campaign there was a lot of like get up visibility you'd be running into get up volunteers because this is obviously like when Adani was first around and they were still even around like the climate election 2019 because that was that big you know all the NGOs coming together as part of the you know hashtag resistance to oh this is the climate election and then when they all got crushed I feel like Post that, it's sort of like.
1: Well, to watch their YouTube, they're actually one. Uh, I don't know oh, if really? you know this, but like, like the the triumphal the triumphalism that comes out of their like annual reports and stuff is wild. And like, in fairness, they've they've definitely like. Like, they were, they were really proud about, I think, in the last federal election, they made 800,000 phone calls, which is a huge number. But, like, in context, South Brisbane had 30,000 phone call conversations as part of, like, well, not conversations, 30,000 attempts. So when they're saying 800,000, I wonder how many of those actually connect because a lot of those are just people who don't pick up or dud numbers or whatever. Um, but we saw how, like, 30,000, like, attempted phone calls in a like, in a geographical area of 30,000 people and how much that moved the needle alongside other aspects of a campaign, 800,000 across Australia is meaningless. It's it's such an incredibly small number, which is why they t- try and target it in, like, key seats where they do things like elect Zali
2: Stegall or, like, talk about how Dutton needs to go, but he doesn't, he doesn't go. So is the thesis then that, like... What seems to be happening is uh, we've got an emerging new uh, class of people with broadly progressive politics, broadly progressive sympathies uh, who believe in the things that GetUp believes, more or less. Uh, The Labour Party hates these people. Um, Even the Greens often don't do a great job of talking to these people. Um, The political class in general resents that these are, in many cases, actually fairly popular politics so you have an organisation like GetUp which emerges to capitalise on this uh, in some ways to to presumably draw from these people in terms of uh, recruiting volunteers and soliciting donations but then doesn't really have a way of translating that into meaningful gains There's always
0: the conspiracy that, because like a lot of you look at the history of the board members of get up and a lot of them are like connected you know, strongly and less strongly to the Labour Party. And the conspiracy was always it's like Get Up is like a Labour f- like Labour board with Greens volunteers. Yeah. It's like well, a way like to draw Greens one of people the, um, away from the Greens.
1: One of the one of the founding board members is a Greens like M L A, like Dean Attali's chief of staff, Kate Fairman. Who, as far as I understand, is relatively right-wing in the Greens. Um, but yeah, I think like that broadly makes sense. But also, I don't think that the Greens are necessarily capturing many of these people anyway. I think they'd probably be. I think a lot of the people that would end up getting involved with GetUp would be people who can't bring themselves to get involved with their local Labor branch because it's full of the most boring people that you'd ever meet. Um, just huge losers. Mm. But they want to do something political. The Greens certainly aren't there in any, like, meaningful, like, way. And they've probably accepted that, like, that, that non-ideological kind of, like, basis for politics that's that's so universal at the moment that, like, actually you can't believe in anything. You just have to go for, like, good evidence-based policy.
0: But I think, it, you know, this whole GetUp's sort of framework and way of thinking has actually, like, you know, it's been designed that way from the beginning. And when you look at which we'll get into, maybe maybe this is a good segue, into the founders and the people who actually, like, set up Mm. GetUp as an organisation.
2: Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I I wanted to touch on briefly, like, some of their results in the last election first, and then we can talk a bit about who actually founded this organisation and what their thought process is um, and why it's this way and what that tells us about progressivism as a political uh, uh, force. Um, And, yeah, like, the last election, the big... Well, the big scalp, when you say the last
0: election, do you mean federal or federal, s- federal? Federal, yeah. Yep, twenty nineteen.
2: Cool. Yeah, um, where the big scalp they claimed was uh, Tony Abbott, um, and they knocked him out, and they got in the independent Zali Stegel, who's believes ninety percent of the same things as Tony Abbott believes. Yeah, she's just
1: conservative, right? She's a conservative businesswoman who's like, but instead of being part of the Tony Abbott like monarchist freak, like you know, very, like, actually, like, old National Party Australian politics kind of guy. She's just, like, you know, believes that we should obviously tax cuts to corporations. Well,
2: she's like a Turnbull almost. Yeah, th- actually very similar to Turnbull. Those, Party. and they, 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 the big thing they ran there was, I believe, climate change. That's, like, a North Shore Sydney seat. Um, And so they just ran on, look, do you want Tony Abbott who doesn't believe climate change exists, or are you kind of... Like, the the Malcolm Turnbull, or, like, Malcolm Turnbull's son is always popping off on this stuff. Are you the kind of rich liberal who is willing to acknowledge, like, yeah, that's a real phenomenon? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's like, hmm? it's just, def- like, different factions of capital, right? Where it's just, like,
1: is your faction of capitalism one where addressing climate change directly affects your, your bottom line? Like, do you, do you dig coal mines? Or are you the sort of liberal, like, the sort of capitalist who invests in, say, like, insurance and... Runaway climate change Is actually very bad For your bottom line And I think it's like I think part of this This kind of like Separation of politics Is to do with the different Like factions of capital And what their Their material
2: interests are And I think that Those North Shore Sydney seats Those are probably The only seats in the country Where You could run that campaign Where you could make Climate change The central issue Of your campaign Because They're incredibly Wealthy seats Where nobody has Any other problems Um And we can see that if we look at uh, the other high-profile liberal that they tried to knock off, which is Peter Dutton, um, in the seat of uh, Dixon out of Brisbane, where they completely failed. Yeah, they completely failed.
0: And it's funny because when Labour hacks get angry at us um, running in South Brisbane, they always claim, oh, you know, you're running in this really progressive, rich seat. But it's like those sort of issues like climate change don't cut through here and the way we get our swings is like, successfully talking about material issues
1: like. yeah and yeah because so, like, i think like, like south brisbane is like by any kind of demographic marker like better off than the many suburbs like around around brisbane or around australia but what what i always like like i know very comfortably in this because of all the door knocking conversations that like well look i know who who we're convincing to vote for us and it's the remnants of people who live in public housing in south brisbane or it's like young renters and you know people of this this nature excluded
2: and so like I don't know I don't know what they did in uh, Dixon Dixon's like yeah suburban out of Brisbane kind of a a bit of a mix I think of like um uh, smaller towns and uh, like industrial suburbs and things it's mostly
1: just like 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 s- the suburbia around Petrie so yeah. like I think it's like it's it's proper like out of suburbia it, it would have like low SES kind of things mm-hmm. I would imagine like a lot it would be like like what do they call these things like dormitory belt kind of thing where a that lot of people right, there like would commute into Brisbane where they work. Um, various sorts of like fucking, like it would probably be really what like widely kind of mm-hmm. separated jobs. But, but so it's been heaps of time on the highway, heaps of time stressed mm-hmm. in traffic, heaps of money like in traffic
2: or on their mortgage. Mm. Um, and like Peter Dunn out there uh, in Dixon, like is not, Peter Dardentier to a progressive Is like a a Nazi and a fascist And like the guy who uh, Builds the refugee camps and he is basically that's who he is he's a monster is he yeah he's an incredibly evil human being
0: i really want to know what dirt he's got on like all the other politicians because he was a queensland cop and he yeah, yeah. has got <laughs> some absolute like dead drop files his, his like. first <laughs> his
1: first first job like well, like professional kind of job was a uh, vice squad in the queensland police under bjocky peterson um oh, which is like As bad as policing has ever been in Australia, like outside
2: of like the native police, Christ. Um, But to the people of Dixon, he's the guy who secures funding for the local sports club. And look, like you can't really, you have to engage with that as it stands. And you can't go to the people of Dixon and say, look. He's He's actually a right-wing fascist. He's he's probably going to like kill you. He's going to put you in camp. Yeah. Um, Because they're just like, well, Look, you got the money for the sports club, what have you yeah. done for us? Yeah. And so like I, I read a a bit of a breakdown of that campaign and I think getup just spent a lot of time just talking to people in Dixon, being like, Oh, wait, so what do you care about? Um, and I don't think they ever really figured out an answer to that question. Yeah. That so right. what
0: was did getup ever like release sort of a debrief of why they fucking
1: failed in Dixon? Yeah, did, like, they, they did and they and they're like and their response their, like, analysis is that, like, Queenslanders are really parochial, um, and that they saw get up as outsiders coming in and trying to tell them what to think, which I think, I think there's, like, a, a myth about Queensland parochialism, um, we absolutely should use tanks to expand Queensland, but we're not parochial people, <laughs> <laughs> We want everyone to be Queenslanders. Yeah. Because that's good. Yeah. Um. But, in the, like, I, I don't think that that's what it is. And also, if GetUp is being understood as an outside institution, that's because you... That's because the people who you're, like, sending out can't be like, oh, yeah, I live around here. They were, like, getting activists or, like, getting, like, in politically interested people from over the Brisbane metropolitan area who were going to Peter Dutton's electorate in order to tell people there what to think. Um, Whereas rather here where you, like, engage,
0: like, you know... Um and try to activate people within a certain area to then go out into their yeah to to talk to your neighbours like more or less. I mean, yeah. we
1: get a few people coming in from like from other parts of Brizzy because this is where we've got a chance of winning. But like, largely the Greens are bussing in volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but largely, I think like we we do have people from the area. I think like everyone everyone who's really core cool to the project is is local. I think except for Matthew,
2: except for me. But like, I mean, I've I don't live here now, but like I have lived here for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so do do we want to talk about then about? We've talked about GetUp uh, and we've talked about what they do and why it doesn't work. Should we talk now about the deeply creepy people who founded GetUp and why they work for oh, this? Look,
1: I've been trying so hard not to say this for so long. GetUp CIA Sally Rug killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs>
2: should, they're globalists Should we talk about how they're they're globalists and they work for the Central Intelligence Agency? Yes,
1: absolutely,
2: absolutely. Um, I
0: think I want to like. So, there's two main people that I think we want to talk about. One is Jeremy Hyman's and the other one I sort of want to briefly touch on is David Madden. Who so, these are the, these are the, the two th- founders? Two core founders. And I sort of want to save Jeremy Hyman's for last because I, I went much on a deeper rabbit hole with him. And I, whereas David Madden's, I've sort of got a little bit off the top and I just want to like throw him out there
1: first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah give, us, give us a taste. So give us a taste.
0: David Madden, he's a former Australian Army officer. And on uh, his thing, father of
1: son of a high court judge or oh, a judge. There
0: you go. Um, he's also passionate about rock climbing on his bio, which mean makes me uncomfortable. Um, but he, I love this one. This was really good. He created and marketed Twitter Peak, which was the world's only mobile Twitter-only device. Um, so that's a bit of. So is this just like? It's like, like a, p- a pager, page but for Twitter. Twitter. Oh, Jesus <laughs> like, Christ. <laughs> like, that is an incredibly broken brain. But then I like, I don't know, I honestly just couldn't wrap my head around like the stuff we're going through. But he's, I sort of looked at other stuff he was involved in. So he was a senior advisor to the AMIDIA Network, which says it's a philanthropic investment firm dedicated to harnessing the power of markets to create opportunity for people to improve their lives. I
1: think it was, like, set is up Is this Amida in, in, um... So it's in Myanmar, right?
0: Uh, no. Or this one's in... Actually, it might be related to that because this one was set up by the eBay founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: how's it spelled? Um, O-M-I-D-Y-A-R. Yeah. So this is set up, like, explicitly in Myanmar. The oh, okay, seed funding so comes from eBay and the US, like, a, a US, like, board, like, but was enacted by Ronald Reagan. This, is, this makes sense because... Which is, like, the piece... It's, like, the, the like... The Ministry for Peace Kind yeah, of thing Yeah
0: So um, what I basically think Is he's basically Setting up in Myanmar Like the new Outsourcing Like the new Outsourcing for like IT And fintech Is like That's the new Cheap Exploitable workforces In Myanmar And cause there was another Like He goes You know The The media network Is like the top
1: one Then you go down Anything mobile- happening in Myanmar At the moment uh-
0: um, I think there is Isn't there Probably Probably not I don't do watch the news. Yeah.
1: Oh, No no There's like it's, it's the, There's been like A takeover of the Military Junta Again um, But then it's, there's
0: like, also Like big strikes Or something happening Big strikes like, Yeah, that. yeah. Um, but maybe that's There was the a
2: big strike In the financial sector um, Which I put in The link roundup Where like Just like Bank workers Have like brought Every, every bank in the country To its knees there's a protest yeah. against the junta. The yeah, huta? there's a
1: junta that uh, that like took control um, after they didn't really like the outcomes of some elections. Maybe I'm yeah.
2: not sure. Um, anyway, get up did that.
1: But yeah, get up. Going, going back to David Madden.
0: This is oh, this is so good. So then going down another level um, below Emidia is like is Fandia, which is an innovation lab still in Myanmar, which is a part of and I shit you not Spider. And Spider says is an independent center focusing on the digitalization of international development. It's literally fucking called Spider.
1: Do As in th- the Spider Network? I just don't know.
0: <laughs> like, I looked it up. I was like, on the, I was on, his, on the is website. It spider with a Y, just no, to no, be it's inv- just hilarious. Spider.
1: And, oh, and like, th- literally, it's
0: on his website. And he's like, Fianda, which he's a senior advisor or something for, is a part of the Spider. No, like well, not they didn't say it's part of the spider network, but they said a part of spider. I just was like, this Jesus is too course. on the nose. This is too fucking on the nose. <laughs>
2: this is like when that that app startup they used to steal Iowa from Bernie was just called Shadow Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is the same thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that's
1: basically David Madden. So uh,
0: I'm happy to go back to. Um, our,
2: so David Madden,
1: uh, uh, ex army officer and son of a high, like son of a judge, met. Um, Haymans, Hymans. 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 um Hyman's. Um at the US Kennedy School of Like Foreign Policy. Was that before or after McKinsey? Uh, so Hymans was before that was in McKinsey. Okay. Um, McKinsey has also McKinsey um, consultants is the world's biggest consultancy. Um, it's been in the news a lot lately after um, the The case about the opioid crisis in the United States, which is being ongoing against Purdue Pharma, because McKinsey was the consultants that like provided quite a lot of assistance, shall we call it, about how to really get the best bang for your buck off like repeat customers of addictive opioids. Um, So McKinsey like quite explicitly provided advice to Purdue Pharma about like how to intensify the opioid crisis um, in order to like facilitate profit. So this. Um, pretty stand-up guys. Stand-up guys. So, yeah.
2: So Also employed Pete Buttigieg, just to be clear. Just to yeah, immediately come back to Shadow like, Incorporated. M- yeah, like... <laughs> going back to those... So wow, well, yeah. it
1: seems like there's a lot of connections
2: between yeah, the rich it sounds and the powerful. Like a, sounds like a coincidence to me. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, nothing um, to see here. The other, the other person who was on, like, one of the founding members, who was also in McKinsey, um, is that Evan Thorn- Thornley guy who set up ABC Learning, of which Peter Dutton produces quite a lot of his own personal wealth. Um, but he was also a McKinsey consultant, and Heymans called him, like, I think, like a mentor for quite some time. So it's clear that this, like, laborite guy, Scotch College, which I'm pretty sure is Bill Shorten's school as well, um, like, you know, brought this, like, you know, talented young guy under his wing, was like, oh, hey, do you want to... You should get a job at bloody McKinsey. It fucking rules. Um, but just, like,
0: around this guy, Jeremy, there's such a weird cult of, like... Um oh, it's like genius brain, you know he's, there, there was a quote, so um, I think it was Simon Sheik who used to who took over as director of Get Up at some point and then moved into future super, which is a future episode, folks looking yeah. at super. Um, but yeah, he there's a quote I found where he was like talking about Jeremy and he's like, you know, while you could tell he was the smartest guy in the room, he never acted like he was. he never felt he had to prove himself which many could focus on getting on with the job. So he's sort of, he's always, and there's all these, like, um, accolades of him online, you know, like, the most influential Australian or, like, most well-connected Australian or something like that.
2: Like, I read that guy's book. That guy has spent probably every waking moment since he was 11 trying to prove himself. But also, like, trying to prove that he doesn't have to prove himself because he he's just activist. Was
0: smart. There was a thing where he, um, when he was young, he had the Chasing Chaney tour where he crowdsourced um, to hire a private jet to follow Dick Cheney around and, like,
1: harass him or something. Yeah, obviously it was, I, think it was, the I think it was a lot of election, women whose, you know, like, we, who's like husbands or children had been, like, killed in the Iraq war. It was, like, an anti-Iraq war thing. Yeah, um, and it was, like, 2004. The single best thing, because you're quoting that from the monthly article, um, the single best thing from, that artic- like, thing from that article is, like, popular Twitter joke about, like, the precocious child where his father, Frank Hyman's told an interviewer in 1992 that his son, at nine months of age, was presented with some food and pronounced from his high chair... Actually, I don't like it. Fucking Hyman hell. said that his parents were befuddled, encouraging, and protective of his precociousness.
2: Um, I hate that word. Precociousness. Yeah, that's has very powerful. Didn't happen in But also, I lo-
1: <laughs> I love the idea of his dad, like just like lying, like like t- telling a reporter in 1992. Why the fuck is a dad talking to a report about their like child in 1992? The guy's like like under that's, 18 yeah. at this stage anyway, but still just like lying and being
2: like, he said,
1: "Actually, that's a three syllable word." nine months old can't do that
2: mm. it's like yeah um that yes my small baby references Jesus. turned around and said to me uh, father i've uh, i don't know i've got a very well-developed opinion about uh, the world and the state of it
1: <laughs> father i'm a sophisticated
2: thinker
0: <laughs> so basically yeah. his hyman's sort of history is he did get up for a while but oh, actually no at the same time he around the same time he also set up um, I, I don't know
2: how to pronounce this.
1: Avaz? Yeah, Avaz. So Avaz was set up by the two people in Get Up. Um,
2: so they met at the Kennedy School. They right? met at
1: the Kennedy School. Yeah. Uh, both going for the Rhodes Scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, other notorious CIA plant. Uh, uh, what's his thing? Bob Hawke had a Rhodes Scholarship. Just pointing that out. Um,
2: so does Pete Buttigieg. I'm pretty sure.
1: Beat, a lot of Rhodes <laughs> Scholarships going around. Um, but so they, they set up um, Avaz, which is like Get Up, but make it international. With another guy called Rick and Patel. Now, Rick and Patel. It's funding from George Soros. Hawks. Rick and Patel's work, like section on Wikipedia, rules and does not sound anything like someone who works at the CIA. After leaving Harvard, Patel lived in Sierra Leone, Liberia, Sudan, and Afghanistan. Consulting for organizations include the International Crisis Group. Okay, so there's also I looked into some of the other like. Um founders of um,
0: Avaz as well. And holy shit, there is some dark stuff going on in Africa with these guys. So you had Tom Pravada, who he was, a, at the same time he was in Avaz, he was the, a diplomat in the UK Foreign Office and an advisor to the US State Department on the Congo. And you had Tom Perillo, who was a US Special Envoy to the African Great Lakes and Congo region. So like, what the fuck were these guys
2: doing? You know, who else spent? Spent some time in like troubled spots in Africa and has never fully explained. Pete Buttigieg. Pete when Buttigieg. He, when, when he, <laughs>
1: yeah, no, because there was that thing where he like took a holiday where he was like, oh yeah, on my holiday I went to Sierra Leone. Um, not like, not any of the normal Somalia. You it was not, like, like,
2: oh yeah, I just took a day like a. I
1: just spent a week in Somalia. Yeah, in in the war torn part, like in the, yeah. into the part where there's an active conflict going on. Just just as a holiday, just as those things that holidays do. But Avaz
0: itself has had some like it, it sort of um, was marketed as a global form of get up and move on, um, and they had some interesting stuff around like the no fly zones on Libya and Syria.
1: That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got it on the Wikipedia now. So during the two thousand and uh, nine Iran presidential election protests, Avaz set up internet proxy servers to allow protesters to upload videos onto public websites. Avar supported the establishment of a no-fly zone over Libya, which led to the military intervention in the country in 2011. It was criticised for its pro-intervention stance in media and blogs. Avar supported the civil uprising preceding the Syrian civil war. This included sending $1.5 million of internet communications equipment to protesters and training activists. Later, it used smuggling routes to send over $2 million of medical equipment into rebel-held areas of Syria. Um, So it's got, like quite a few things that really just happen to coincide almost exactly with what the, like, U- US foreign policy kind of direction well, is. They Particularly that, also... like, Obama-ish kind of, like, ilk, where it's like, well, we're the progressives at home, but, like, overseas we're just as bloodthirsty as everyone else.
2: Well, they also brag on their website about uh, supporting the Brazilian anti-corruption movement, which you may recall... Uh, led to Lula, the uh, leader of the Brazilian Workers' Party, and, like, the most successful leftist leader in Brazil, uh, being imprisoned on false corruption charges. Yeah, he's just got out of that. <laughs> yeah, and he's just got out, because Glenn Greenwald, Glenn Greenwald found recordings of the Brazilian High Court just saying to each other, like, we're going to make up some corruption charges. Um. And yeah, like, Avaaz like, doesn't say on their website, yes, we did that, but they do say we're very into anti-corruption in Brazil.
1: Yeah, we, like, at around the time that this was happening. Yeah, so, like, yeah. you know, we could have been doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so, like, post
0: ours, he's gone, Hyman's has gone to set up this um, organisation called Purpose, which, from what I could determine, is basically just a PR firm for big brands to try to make them look socially conscious at the end of it like they've got they've I've looked just like a at their partners list when it was they've got like google bloomberg starbucks the bill and melinda gates foundation um
1: unilever nike yeah um
0: yeah just heaps of really cool guys (laughs) but it's just like I think it's there's a quote um from this really good article I think um in counterpunch um, where it was basically it said Hyman's vision is to organize people not as c- citizens but as consumers to further empower corporations and brands mm. and there was like I was watching this one video of him talking to this organization called like shared value or something and and their goals were ba- like they were saying you know in the context of their goals which were to um, expand capitalism but somehow at the same time be socially responsible which, Again, I'm
1: sure our listeners know, is, you know, an oxymoron. Yeah. Well, all these people are part of, like, the World Economic Forum and stuff as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. This ties into, um, so this has been a big thing that, um, like, QAnon people talk about. Uh, Not that we're QAnon people. We're definitely different. (laughs) We Um, are definitely different. Yeah, um, yeah, because we're good. <laughs> um but yeah like this is a bit uh been a, a big thing in like full-on conspiracy theory circles is the world Ge- the world economic forum uh and the the great reset um and the plan for to look for like globalist government and uh, one of the big names in that like the i don't know the, the head of the world economic forum is this guy klaus schwab who the thing he uh really writes about and talks about is uh, social responsibility for corporations, uh, a new model of, uh, like pivoting from the old model of, uh, like shareholder management, which was just, we need to maximize shareholder value. And that's the only function of a corporation to like, here's how we're going to fix the world. It's the new model where corporations now have social responsibility. Um, and that's, I, I don't know how that's Guaranteed, or who compels them to actually do it, as opposed to just saying they do it. That's not. Well, that
0: sounds a lot like what his book was. Yeah, like the yeah. his book is called New Power, and he's sort of he's mm. doing this comparison of like New Power versus Old Power, and this. this is Hayman's, is, right? Oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, he is Heimans. Heimans book, yeah. and it's Hayman's, like Hayman's, it's, it's just like it. I tried to like read some of the stuff about it or listen to the videos he did talking about it, and it just was just such. I call it, like, non-speak. they like, talking about nothing. And basically, he was saying old power is currency and new power is current. So, first of all... Like I'm what a, so what a play angry on, from what hearing... <laughs> like what a play on words, but it was just... And,
1: and also, then, notoriously, currency is really faded as a way to impact the world and change, like, hmm. and create outcomes.
0: But he, like, goes down it and just all the stuff about, like, you know, old power is download and new power is upload... <sighs> From, like, the top-down, bottom-up. And it's, like, you know, um, New Power is open-source, whereas Old Power is exclusivity and competition. But then he gives examples of, like, New Power being Uber and that sort of thing, when it's, like, they're not fucking open-source or anything at all. They're incredibly... (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. New
1: Power (laughs) is, like, competition. It's, like, oh, yeah, competition by uh, supporting, like, tech monopolies which could only possibly turn a profit if they are a monopoly and as he well.
0: also has another like example of you know new power being ISIS and you know as we all know you know <laughs> ISIS is a CIA uh, funded uh, group <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> as
2: well as new power um well yeah like Matt you read that book I right? I did I did I read that book uh yesterday and um, how do you feel about that? I mostly what I took from that is it's a uh, it's very shallow there's a lot of um What with things like current and currency? It's shallow, I'm stunned. Well, it's strange to go from like reading uh, leftist stuff, which even at its worst is at least makes some an attempt to express a coherent idea and to like ground what it's saying in some sort of shared language and philosophy and tradition um, to this stuff that it's just like, yeah, like what if um, it was good when people were like friends Mm. Um, and it's, Honestly, it does tie into my general theory that hippies invented by the CIA to destroy the left. Mm. Um, but yeah, like so, yeah, um, yeah. Hyman's. Uh, I'm trying to remember for the for the World Economic Forum, he was like chair of the Global Agenda Committee for Citizenship Participation.
1: <laughs> These people just simply cannot like. Name something that isn't awful Like the Global Agenda Committee There was another Who was the other guy
2: Who was on a different Global Agenda Committee?
1: Uh, that was the guy So the first director of GetUp Who was like um, Like pretty quickly Like So the, the way that like They kind of set up Gov- GetUp Is the founders like Pretty quickly like Gave it to a director Who was super young um, And kind of like Well, like, yeah, more or less, you do your thing, just keep building the email lists um, as quick as you can. Um, And you can kind of do that without much thing. So, like, that guy is also on the World Economic Forum, Global Agenda uh, Internet.
2: For digital something? Digital Internet. Yeah, for digital Internet, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so what he says, what Hyman says in his book, because when he's he's not chairing Global Agenda committees, he's writing books, um, is that there's... Age of the Internet uh, has meant the development of what he calls new power. Um, And it used to be the world was run on old power, and old power was hierarchical um, and uh, centralised and really authoritarian, the world that every CIA asset uses to talk about, like Donald Trump, Um, authoritarian. uh, And then new power is uh, decentralised and open and participatory um, and... His examples of this are like, here's, here's some uh, examples of new power. Um, uh, Black Lives Matter, Uber, Airbnb, uh, ISIS, uh, Donald Trump, and uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Those are all new power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you may be looking at that list and saying, these don't in fact have a lot in common with each other other than... Like the CIA was behind them all. Other than the CIA invented every single one of those things. Yeah. Um, that's not true. Yeah, uh, and invented uh, four out of five of those things. Yeah, and you can guess uh, which. Yeah, it's up to you to decide which. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was looking at it thinking, well, if you try and break down this idea of new power, you very quickly realize first that it's just designed to sound good, and it's just as des- like nobody in the world now is actually in favour of like. Hierarchy and authority No one No one comes out And says like I'm the guy Who actually loves authority this Yeah is except the new right Yeah Well even then Like they don't Even then They they talk about freedom They don't say that Yeah This is what always Really shat me Of the whole like Donald Trump as an authoritarian discourse Is if you like Look at what Conservatives say About themselves And what they believe That they believe It's clearly They believe That they're in favour Of freedom And that we're Authoritarians Um but it's also just, like, it's it's saying, okay, like, the internet changed everything. It's saying, like, oh, this, like, fantastic new communications medium enabled an unprecedented level of decentralization. Um, and it's this idea that, like, oh, like, we didn't have just the idea of a democracy or the idea of, like, popular collective power before the internet. That's completely new. And it's these, in some ways, like, repackaging... Of very old ideas which is just like oh like i don't like the democracy would be good like people should have some say in what goes on really like and like these are anarchist ideas that go back to like the 19th century if not earlier um but just kind of like dressed up and treated as if it's this like radical new insight Gotta love those end caps. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I mean, there's something as well, like where, like, with with these NGOs and GetUp in particular here, where it's talking about, like, you know, where he's saying, like, what he understands of what a political organisation should be is like open, democratic, and stuff like that. But like a member of a member of GetUp, like even a financial member of GetUp, doesn't have voting rights. Like it, the the institution isn't democratic. It's got a board, um, but like your your experience of it as a member will be. Getting a lot of emails asking you for money, um, and then like probably getting called by like a campaigner from time to time asking you to like come and hand out on election day or I go door knocking or make calls.
0: I actually was employed for three weeks back in uh, late twenty thirteen by this firm called Persuasive Conversations, which is actually set up to be um, like some spin off form of Get Up and that sort of thing. And I literally was calling people to donate to get up yeah
1: but like what what get up that's rules are they hiring i do need a job (laughs) um but like what what that is 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 a very anti-democratic like form of political organization whereas like that's that's broadly similar to what we do you know there's an awful lot of like calling people and asking them to come to a door knock or something of this nature but like we also invite people to become a member of the party where they can where they do have voting rights over like who their representatives are like This, like, embedding... Like, democracy is, like, part of an institutional structure which is not there in GetUp. It's got, like, a set of... It's got a set of hired people who are hired by the board. The board, and who gets on it, really seems very, like, hard to kind of understand. These directors, like, hire all the staff. The staff make all the decisions about, like, what the strategies are. They probably, like, engage with various community groups. Like, I think they probably would have engaged with the Unemployed Workers Union a bit around, like, what that Raise the Rate campaign should be. But they're certainly not like the Unemployed Workers' Union, a democratic organisation or like like a political party. Like, you know, it, it hurts me to say it, but even like ostensibly like the Labour Party is ostensibly democratic. You know, unions have a various amount of votes, members have a various amount of votes and that's like where policy is formed from. But Dem- the get doesn't work anything like that. You can like propose a campaign if the directors think it's a good idea then they'll go ahead with it.
2: Yeah, like it's very much a matter of just wanting to... Um, have the brand of democracy Without any of the difficult bits Yeah without um, all this
1: like People disagreeing with you And you yeah. actually have to reach Some sort of like consensus To move forward It's very it's difficult like, Very frustrating
2: and, and you look anyone can call Themselves democratic right Like North Korea is The democratic people's Republic of Korea It's Anyone can just say They're democratic And everyone will also say that But all his actual examples Of something that's like Open source and democratic Like the ice packet challenge um, This thing that reddit did where they got a bunch of people to collectively make a piece of art even just like reddit itself he's like uh, there was a really good line about like reddit is the opposite of the new york times like the new york times is old power it's like centralized it's and he wants you to it's very aesthetic mode of criticism where like Instead of a kind of looking at the power structures that underlie a particular organization, or like looking at what the money does, he's like, "No, I want you to think about the vibe of this organization." So I want you to look at the New York Times, and I want you to think about about ba- uh, a bunch of stuffy old men in wood panel offices, going like, Humph, "We can't, you can't do that." I'm, I'm a bad guy in Is an eighties <laughs> Yeah, that's, the, that's how they're all Yoda. Um, <laughs> pretend I did a better voice there. Um, And he he wants you to think about that um, and he wants you to think about, like, cat memes and, like... And he wants
1: you to think of Reddit and, like, and see people who look exactly like him, who are, like, 40-year-old private school boys who, like, have been McKinsey consultants and have somehow been, like, just weirdly gone on holidays to, like, active war zones, like, and done work for organisations that just happen to push US foreign policy interests a fair bit and be like, well, these guys are, like, hip, they're young, they look like they, like fucking eat ass like these guys get what's up these this is an aesthetic that's good yeah this is democracy they're yeah. young
2: um and as if reddit's not fucking entirely controlled by the cia as well damn right like it, it is actually like if you look at like the most popular uh politics subreddits um there actually is like a pretty i think a pretty active attempt by like various uh there's like a there's the the neoliberal subreddit which was for like self-proclaimed proud neoliberals which is run by like the neoliberal foundation um which is again just like run by the cia basically um but yeah like um there's all these other subreddits that are obviously just like there's a a conscious attempt by like bots and various people to like upvote um neoliberal opinions to the front page um but yeah like and which is kind of the point that a lot of these supposedly decentralized organizations Um, Like, the you know, your Twitter and, like, Facebook uh, Obviously, your Uber Um, They are designed, like, GetUp To create the illusion of participatory democracy Through uh, the aesthetic of something That you would associate with that But in practice, like, no Um, In practice, they're just run by the same people Who run everything I think,
0: yeah I, I just, you know, I'm really excited to see what get up is going to do with the next federal election you know i mean ali france is running in dixon again
1: i think she third time's the chance. that's
0: it you know i reckon this is this is the
1: the year <laughs> this is get up's year i mean and i think like probably what what i want people listening to this to kind of take away is that you can form a party like or you can join a party like you know, I I would really strongly urge you not to join the Labour Party. I think that would be a really bad thing for you, both on a personal, social, spiritual, like any kind of like adjective you can think of, I think would be bad for you on that, like in that particular way. Um, But you can join a party and form a new party if you want to change the world for the better, instead of joining an organisation which is like like proudly anti-ideological it like may like say in a few ways or even talk about like genuinely meaningfully important issues but you don't have to join get up in order to talk to your neighbors about what's important to you well, in fact ext- i think you'll yeah. do a better job if you don't get trained by anyone from get up
2: yeah well they have the whole the whole framework is they talk about practical idealism um which is a, a great way to say uh we don't believe in anything, um, but we're also pretending to that we're so smart. We're above uh, ideology, which is not correct because it's pure ideology. It's pure ideology. Um, and uh, and yeah, like the the whole model of like ultimately their whole model of organization is the citizen as consumer, which is the other thing that really jumped out at me about uh, Hyman's book is. He really does believe that the way you achieve social change is by popularising a brand And he explicitly says this, that like the biggest thing you've got to do is build a brand And make that brand really sticky and really popular and get that into people's heads And then something, something, uh, your preferred policy is passed by a parliament Um, And that, in fact does not happen yeah
1: exactly it's just like what you should do is join an email list and like wait like give that email list like operators more money until eventually something the world changes for the better as opposed to like you know organize in your community meet your neighbors like develop like what's important about organization is the like negotiating out a structure for the organization to do whatever tasks that someone may or like m- may propose. And that's, that's the real work of organizing, which is explicitly excluded from any of these kind of models of, of new power that he seems to be talking about.
2: Cause it really, it comes down to just like a, uh, the basic uh, socialist critique of liberalism, which is that look, ideas are not what actually moves the world. You don't start with trying to change the ideas that are in people's heads. Um, like, that's where they failed, like, that's where they failed Dixon, that's where they failed in everywhere, is, like, you start by looking at uh, the power, well, power structures and material relations and just, like, how do people live and work?
0: Yeah. I think that, no, I think, I think the biggest takeaway from this is that uh, they are the CIA and they're they're globalist folks and don't trust them.
1: Don't trust them, folks.
2: That is the other thing, yeah, like, that's kind of the final thing is that, look, this is a... this is a mode of organisation, um, this emphasis on, like, branding out ideas and, like, writing these books like New Power, which have this whole kind of what might seem like a, an intelligent piece of theory, like, is designed to seem really smart. If you listen to these TED Talks, because he loves TED Talks as well. Oh, he
0: loves his TED Talks.
2: Like, if you listen to him talk or if you go to one of these seminars or whatever... It's designed to, like, take the place of an actual useful mode of organising. Yep. And, like, I... while I can't say for the fact that this is literally being done by the CIA. It is... It certainly has It's a happy the, coincidence. Yeah. And it certainly has the effect of uh, taking well-meaning people who believe good things um, and... Roping them into organisations that are perhaps by design ineffective and uh, therefore neutering them, and Sounds like the Labour Party too, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And and setting up organisations like like the World Economic Forum, which came up heaps and heaps with the various people involved in this, which is like seems to be like the pet project of a few billionaires who are who are like like quite explicitly attempting to set out the economic and like political agenda of of the next century. In a completely anti-democratic way, you know, the, no one has a vote on this. It's just, it's just like it's this opt-in, invite-only kind of like organization, which, as far as I can tell, is, is wielding immense power and it's it's deeply anti-democratic.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good place, Robert.
1: All right, bye, guys. All right,
0: goodbye. Catch you next time, bye.